Welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis. Honest conversations about life, love, and leadership. So welcome. Well, what is up, everyone? And welcome to episode 17 of the Let's Get Real podcast. We're really doing this. It's episode 17. It's amazing. So grateful that you're with us on this journey. And before we dive into this podcast, we've got a couple of things we want to talk to you about. First, uh, you may remember we opened up early bird registration for the Refinus Weekend Experience. It is a three-day marriage intensive that we want to come alongside you and really invest in your marriage relationship. We only open it up to 12 couples and we already have four registrations. So we have eight left, according to my math, and uh, we would love to have you join us. And so if you want more information about it, there's an early bird rate where you can save $100 right now with the really brilliant and creative code early bird. You can just enter that early bird rate and you go to refinance.org slash weekend. You can find out all kinds of information about that, as well as a video from Trish and I personally inviting you. So go to refinance.org slash weekend. But before we dive in, Trish, you got some exciting stuff going on. Why don't you uh, let us know about some new coaching opportunities that you're diving into? Yes, I'm so excited. I am finally launching my one-on-one coaching for women. And I, people who know me know I'm passionate about mentoring. I have a, a handful of we're girls, like middle school, who are now like full-fledged women, adulting, married, some have kids. And it's just been a joy being in ministry over the past 25 years to come alongside women. And so I wanted to create a way that was accessible to be able to do one-on-one coaching um, for any woman. And so if you are interested in that, you can find more information at refinus.org slash tdcoaching. We will put that link in the show notes as well, as well as the link for the Refinus Weekend Experience. But without any further delay, welcome to episode 17 of the Let's Get Real podcast. Well, today's episode has really been spurred on from that episode with Jackie Brewster, where we talked about the Enneagram. And you and I have talked about the Enneagram for years. But for some reason, this conversation has sparked all kinds of like very interesting, intense and beautiful and hard conversations about gosh, like understanding who we are and how we walk in confidence in who God created us to be is a beautiful thing. But in order to do that, we kind of have to go to some of these darker places in our heart of understanding um, how we operate. And so today we're going to be talking about people pleasing, which (laughs) I know no one listening really struggles with at all. It's only us, Trish. Only you and I struggle with people pleasing. Oh, I thought you were going to say me, but (laughs) (laughs) what I love about our conversations is, you know, obviously the podcast is let's get real, but at some point people are probably thinking, man, these people got all kinds of things (laughs) because we always have a story that relates, but I think all of us have a little bit of people pleasing in us. Some of us are extreme with our people pleasing, that would be me. Um, where would you put yourself on the... I would put myself as a people pleasing addict. I, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like what 25 okay, that is years... not what I expected. <laughs> I feel like what saying. 25 years of ministry and probably five years of counseling has taught me is um, I care way too much about the opinions of others and over the course of time have allowed that to dictate choices and 
you know, I think sometimes when, when you see someone on a stage or hear somebody on a podcast or, you know, if someone reads our book or hears us speak, it's easy to think that is their entire life. But what people typically get is the most refined and most beautiful part of us, right? So if we come into a church for a weekend, we're not telling them about the, you know, the, the stuff that happened this past week. We're talking about a story that happened 17 years ago. So yeah. that, that story is refined, I think. But what a, one of the things and one of the reasons why I'm really passionate about this episode is because I think some of the ways that we have identified and tried to deal with our propensity to please people at the expense of ourselves and at the expense of sometimes our family, um, I think could really help people and really set people free to go first. I'm not alone. Second, I'm not crazy. And we want to help kind of give you maybe a roadmap to identifying some people pleasing tendencies. I feel like we say that a lot. You're not alone and you are not crazy. Well, I mean, I think to have the conversation, we have to first define what is people pleasing. How would how would you put that in context? I think when you live or you orient a choice, you orient um, a behavior, or you twist uh, a motivation around the opinion or the perceived acceptance of someone else, you are a people pleaser. And I think, I think it's, it's, it's an important distinction to make because pleasing two people is a good thing, right? Over and over again in scripture, we're talking about, we're, we're, we're taught to, um, you know, try, try to live at peace with all people. Like, so this isn't about being pleasing to other people because you can't be in a healthy marriage if you're not pleasing to your spouse. You can't be in healthy friendships if you're not a pleasant person. Yeah. This isn't about, you know, you do you boo. <laughs> like, you know, this isn't about, well, this is who I am. So just, you know, get over it. It's not this defiant posture, but it is a inventory of our heart to say, am I living from the approval of God mm-hmm. or am I living for the approval of people? Mm-hmm. And if you're not living from the approval of God through the person of Jesus Christ and you're living for the approval of others on social media, at work, uh, in friendships, you're a people pleaser. It's funny. We were talking before the podcast, you know, this episode and just stories, examples in our own personal lives. And I think I've talked about this story already on the podcast, but it reminds me when I was at trauma camp, which if you don't know what trauma camp is, place called onsite in, uh, just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, that I spent several days at. But one of the first experiences with my counselor was what I thought was literally the dumbest exercise I've ever experienced in my life. And I'm like, I cannot believe I'm in this place and this is what we're doing. And our counselor had us like partner up and then we like were spaced, you know, like a couple steps away from each other. And then she said, you can put your stop sign up when you feel like you want that person to stop when they're like too close in your space. And I was like, is this kindergarten? Like what is going on? But it was this exercise in people pleasing. Hmm. It was the craziest thing. And that's why like she's you, like counselor. You almost felt guilty for putting a stop sign up. Yeah. Like at first I thought, <laughs> I don't even understand this. And then I was like, I feel really uncomfortable But a couple of days later in the week, I had this, you know, I don't know. It was like really intense counseling moment. And I'm like, I'm using my stop sign. Like I'm, I'm saying no to this. I'm not ready to express this. And it ended up being like this profound moment, but it was just like 
well, dang, I am even trying to people please while I'm in the midst of something that was supposed to be me focused. Hmm, that's, that's amazing. One of the things that prompted me to think through this, and I wish that um, a lot of our positive outcomes didn't come from negative experiences, right? Like that's a positive outcome from you, for mm-hmm. you that came from a negative experience. Um, but Trish and I, I think we have mentioned this, that we hate Valentine's day. Um, <laughs> we have had all kinds of bad experiences on Valentine's day. Our dog got killed on Valentine's day. Oh my gosh. We well, probably not, should not, take not, that not, out. Not last year, that, but like in 2005, triggering. 2006. Um, but anyway, so we just have had a lot of bad experiences on Valentine's day. And so probably about four years ago, uh, or three years ago, I said to our church that morning, pray for us because we're going out for Valentine's Day tonight because uh, Valentine's Day fell on a Sunday and it's going to be a disaster. And sure enough, we get to the restaurant. I think I'm having a heart attack. So we end up going to the emergency room and they put me, my, I don't have a heart attack. I'm not having a heart attack, but I, my blood pressure is off the charts and they can't get it down. And so they give me this very, very heavy sedative and it kind of became like truth serum. <laughs> and so I just became my most authentic self. <laughs> With zero filter and people pleasing was out of the, out the window and the doctor came in and he's like, man, you're, you're, uh, you have hypertension, you're overweight. Um, has there been anything stressful going on in your life? And I just remember tears just welling up in my eyes and kind of streaming down my cheek. And I just start to recount for him. I'm a pastor. We've had several people leave the church. I felt so much pressure, um, and kind of walking through all of these things. And he said, you know, he patted me on the shoulder and he's like, it's been a hard year for a lot of people. I want you to change your lifestyle. I want you to start going to counseling. And so I go to counseling. I set an appointment with a counselor the next week. I go to counseling and I sit down in the counselor's office and I start telling him a little bit about, you know, basically what, what had just happened. And, um, and he's like, his first response was, and he's kind of a sarcastic guy. But his first response was, you know, most of the pastors that I deal with are people pleasers. And I said, oh, you think I'm a people pleaser? He goes, oh, no, I know you are. <laughs> he goes, but by the end of our time together, I need you to realize that you are. And it was just this insight, like he had spent maybe 20 minutes with me and could already identify these tendencies of me orienting my life, my emotions, decisions around a fear of what people will think or what people will do. And that was really the first kind of layer that had to be pulled back in my life of going, man, am I living from the approval of God or am I living for the approval of others? And COVID was a, it wasn't a good sample size, but it really exposed that, um, that, that um, toxic aspect of that in my, in my heart. And I think my response is kids go to counseling because <laughs> we both <laughs> had this revelation. But a lot of times because it's such a blurred line when it comes to serving people and being generous and being kind and being um, servant hearted or servant leadership, it's like it's really hard to define what is people pleasing. So I loved that you, you know, put a framework about around that. And oftentimes, I think some indicators of people-pleasing is definitely burnout, Hmm. where you find yourself going too deep, too fast, with too many, because 
you are just trying to meet people where they're at. And so, you know, if they have a need, you just feel like you have to go all the way in. Like you have to meet every facet of that need. I think in parenting, we can do this a lot. Having uh, kids in adulthood now has really challenged us in this of like, you know, when they say what's going on in their world, it's not an invitation. It's just an expression of like, this is what's going on. But that blurred line of people pleasing is like, it leads to burnout because you find yourself in too many lives going too deep and you are spread so thin that what started as maybe something like really innocent becomes like you're overwhelmed by, and you know this because this person, you're thinking of this person right now as you're listening to this (laughs) podcast, you're like, oh, yep, that, that's my person. And so you find yourself burned out. And the question is like, how do you get out of burnout from people pleasing? Well, I think, you know, you mentioned what you make is such a great point because I think for people who feel burned out or they feel like they've gone too deep, too fast with too many, what happens then is you have too many expectations from people who don't have an equitable investment in your life that you're trying to live up to. Right. And so you haven't, you haven't had history or you haven't, you know, it's like you sign up to, to be the, you know, volunteer to bring snacks to school. And all of a sudden you feel like you're living for the expectations of 23 other moms and your, your snacks better be the best, right? <laughs> because you've heard all about Susie's mom's snacks and how she brought a Capri Sun along with the snack. Listen, snacks is the only thing I could get right. So be careful on this one. But, but it's, but what I'm saying is that little thing, yeah. if you have lived with, you know, the exhaustion of burnout and the exhaustion of too deep, too fast with too many, something little like that can push you over the edge yes. and it can break you. And you can, you can stop giving the best to the people that matter the most because you're trying to please people who don't even care about you outside of what you, you know, produce at work or, wh- or what you bring for snacks. Like they're not living with you. They're not tracking with you. And yet you have all of these plates spinning, trying to impress them or trying to mm-hmm. uh, meet their expectations. And they literally don't care about you. I, I had such breakthrough with this, with my third child. <laughs> it took me child number three. And I, I wasn't that mom, like, which is interesting because I love to be crafty and build things and paint things and create spaces. But when it came to like school stuff, I'm like, I'm not good at this. And I'll never forget if you were listening, you live in the Nashville area and you had kids that go, went to elementary school in Bellevue. There was a famous teacher, Mrs. Grantham. She was amazing. And she was Isaiah's, I think, first grade teacher. The lady was like in her, I don't know, mid sixties and did cartwheels down the hallway. She was amazing. But I went to her and I just was confessed to her. I'm like, this year especially like with my other two kids first grade stressed me out because there's a lot of field trips there's a lot of different things and I love doing some of those things but working full-time I didn't have the capacity to do all of them and I said do you know what I'm really good at and she's like well tell me I said cleaning so every Friday I would go into her room while the kids were at recess and I would clean her room And it was like, it was the first time I was entering a space where I wasn't looking to people please. I was going in and saying, this is what I can offer. Is that helpful to you? And I think that was like a a healthy boundary because oftentimes when you live to people please, 
another litmus test is it is that you feel chaotic in all of your relationships. Hmm. When you feel chaotic in all of your relationships, typically it's because you're trying to please everybody. And to be able to shift the tide in that is to be strategic in your investment. That's so good. I love this passage of scripture um, in first, first Thessalonians 2.4. I love it so much I can't say it. <laughs> first Thessalonians 2.4, and this is Paul talking. He says, for we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. And then I love this. Our purpose is to please God, not people. Why? Because he alone examines the motives of our hearts. Mm. And really, that's where people pleasing gets to. It gets to your motives. Like, what is your motives for, you know, the car that you buy, the house you live in, the, the, the life that you're building? Is it to please other people? Is it to impress other people? Or is it to try to earn something that God has already given you? Like, you don't have to earn your identity. You don't have to earn approval. You don't have to earn love. We put ourselves out there thinking that if we can accomplish this or check this off or, or meet this person's expectations or get this raise, mm -hmm. then we'll finally arrive. We'll finally have everybody pleased. And what I've noticed in my life is when, I've, when I have lived, you know, as you said, in the place of burnout, the people who suffer the most are not the people on the fringes. It's the people that are closest to me. Yeah. Right. Because I start to live to please other people. And then I forget about the people I'm actually called to live in an intimate relationship with. Mm -hmm. And I begin to sacrifice those relationships in a very unhealthy way. Well, and that goes to the sacrificial part of people pleasing is we do sacrifice a part of ourselves. You know, often the opposite is true of people pleasing of not burnout, but missing out. That we miss out on opportunities because we think, well, I probably shouldn't do that because so-and-so wouldn't approve of it. Or I shouldn't, you know, probably do that because my family's going to be disappointed in me. And so we, we don't do things out of people pleasing and we end up, you know, missing out. Well, I think a really good way that we all have to measure this in our culture today is social media, right? We, we can... What was used what used to be private and maybe you know a little bit less um, public was our motives. But now we put a picture up or we put a statement up on social media and we're constantly looking how many likes, how many how many comments, how many shares. Like there's that constant reminder that if we are smart enough and cute enough and clever enough, then we're going to go viral on TikTok or we're going to get a lot of likes on social media. And I think that medium has helped reinforce the vacuum that we feel when it comes to desiring the approval of people and such. A, it's almost like we're all in middle school every day all over again, Straight just up. looking yeah. for the popular kids to affirm us or, um, or ap approve of us. And I, I've, I've gone through, I'm in the process of, of writing this, uh, a new book that comes out October 3rd. You're going to hear a lot more about it. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but it's called, <laughs> again coming out in october it is called being real is greater than being perfect how transparency leads to transformation could not even remember the title of the that book. was fantastic um please don't cut that out that was amazing but i'm in, i'm in this process of seeking endorsements 
And you don't necessarily seek endorsements from your next door neighbor unless your next door neighbor is Annie Downs, right? <laughs> like, you, like you look for people of influence, people of prominence, uh, people that have a, a big following or have been successful in, in whatever line of, you know, your work that you're writing about. And so I've been reaching out for endorsements and I have someone who I am a fanboy of and I have built a relationship with over the last several years. And so I reached out to this person and asked if they would endorse the book. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, they would text me different questions. And they were usually, you know, positive questions. And then um, it came in to the deadline and this person said, you know what, I can't endorse the book. And it was like, man, it was like I got broken up with, you know, it was like it was in, we had a great conversation and there was no there's no animosity there. But I began to kind of evaluate how much this person's opinion was was weighing on me. And I think where it can be dangerous is when you begin to try to alter what you know God has called you to do to please someone else or to pacify someone else or to appease someone else. And I came away from that and God really, you know, just brought some clarity into my heart. Hey, this message isn't for everyone and that's okay. You don't need this person's approval or everyone's approval. You only need the approval that you have found in me. And it was a really healthy, um, exercise. And I think it was almost a God thing that that happened because it helped me evaluate where I am in this process. In one, that was very kind of you to be so vulnerable because that is fresh. Usually we give some, <laughs> give, <laughs> give it some time, but you, uh, you know, I think people are going, okay, the social media piece, the things that we've talked about before, no one's going, gosh, I never thought about it. Like, because we're like living in it. But I think what we don't realize, the power that we have, and I'm so grateful that you said it, is to evaluate. Like, we have the power to use our stop sign. Thank you, counselor from Trauma Camp. And, and evaluate, okay, am I people-pleasing? Is this a word that I need to listen to? And what I appreciate about that story is, although your feelings were really hurt and you were sad and you know, I, I'm not really angry, just disappointed, Yeah. but it did mess with you. But what you did with it is you evaluated it and you took the weight of it to say, okay, is there truth in this? And then who can I ask around me that knows me, knows my message to really know is, is this, you know, am I people pleasing or is this someone that I need to lean into their word? And uh, a pastor years ago, um, said to me that the way to know is to listen to the thread hmm. and to, to take those people pleasing moments or those moments of insecurity, those moments of middle school, whether it be, you know, via through social media or through a relationship, whatever, wherever you find yourself people pleasing and ask trusted people around you. And oftentimes you'll find a theme. Hmm. And when you, when you recognize that theme, then you get to evaluate to say, okay, what do I do with this? And when you realize the unhealth of something, that's when you can begin to change 
and put up healthy boundaries to still, I think, I don't know about you. I just feel like we've all gotten a little extreme. I I mean, I'm like the poster child of it. It's like all or nothing. I'm like all in, or I'm like, I'm done with this. I'm not doing this anymore. Like we kind of have to get back to finding middle ground. Mm -hmm. And, and I think being able to look back or to invite people in to assess how we are responding to situations or how we're responding to people is the way back to middle ground. Absolutely. I think there's a, there's a way for you to determine, am I healthy? Am I unhealthy? You know, one of the things that Trish and I were talking about before we started recording is this pattern that we had uh, early on in our marriage. We had three kids, you know, nine, six and three, um, they were real young when we started our first church and we, our, our marriage wasn't the healthiest and we just did not have the ability to put up the stop sign. It just, we could have, and nobody demanded that we didn't, but we hadn't established boundaries. We were consistently burnt out and we would get requests for lunch. We would get requests. I'll never forget. We went to Texas Roadhouse with a couple that we had known for a week. They started coming to our church. We were nervous they were going to come back. There was about 20 or 25 people coming to the church. They were completely dysfunctional. We go to Texas Roadhouse. Our kids have been there for like two hours yeah. and, and they're just going on and on and on and laying out all these expectations of what they want and in a church and all this stuff. And we just, we just did not have any boundaries. And so how we compensated for that in an unhealthy way is we would lie to people. If somebody, I thought you were going to say we ate rolls. <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we did that too. But we, because we didn't know how to not have, you know, because we didn't know how to have boundaries and to put up stop signs and to create healthy rhythms, if someone would ask us out for lunch or if, you know, if somebody asked Trisha to do something that she just didn't really want to do, she would say, Sorry, Micah's not feeling good. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Elijah's sick. And sometimes that was true, but a lot of times it was just an excuse because we felt like if we had an excuse then it wouldn't be as disappointing to someone. Yeah, like it wouldn't hurt their feelings. Right. Which is so messed up, so I'm going to lie to you instead. (laughs) Right. But you won't be mad is kind of a weird thought process. I share that. I share that because not everybody's going to have a a book endorsement story, but I bet you have times in your life where you are asked to do something that you know, in your heart, you just don't have the capacity to do. And rather than just being honest, you want to please that person. And so you make up something that isn't true to try to let them off the hook. And okay. So it's a white lie. Nobody gets hurt, blah, blah, blah it's not necessarily the lie. It's the indication of your heart, right? It's that it's what Paul talks about the motive. What is your motive? Is your motive to have a healthy family or is your motive to make sure everybody is impressed or pleased with you? And I think if you can evaluate that, it's going to help you, you know, stop lying to people and just say, you know what? (laughs) I really can't stand you. I don't want to go to dinner with you. Why would I want to go to dinner with you? I will say though, I, you know, I think, and I believe that Jesus can heal any part of us. I do. <laughs> I mean, you're going with this, but just because we know something doesn't mean we have the transformational process in it. Like right. some of us, as much as we go to 12 step or trauma camp or whatever we go to, we're going to be addicts the rest of our lives in some things. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just the truth of it. And 
for some of us, we may be addicts in people pleasing. So if we're waiting for that to leave our mind and not be a disposition of ours and how we, you know, first want to respond, we're going to be super disappointed. And what made me think of that is I don't know what I was doing the other day, but I literally was going to lie to somebody and I can't remember what it was, but I didn't. And I was really proud of myself for like not lying to say, oh, I'm sorry, I I can't do that because I have such and such, you know, it was just like, but I was kind of taken aback that that was my propensity still. I was like, dang, Trish, come on. But I overcame it. And that's right. what felt like such a win. Well, and if you feel discouraged in this, you're like, man, they're reading my mail, man. They're, <laughs> you know. um, Paul says again in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, he says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Mm. And and maybe the this isn't even about your relationship with others. Maybe the best way for you to grow in your relationship with God these days is to live from the approval of God and not for the approval of other people. And so I thought we could do something fun, Trish, to kind of end this podcast episode for people who may be feeling bad about themselves. <laughs> Trish and I, um, we wrote a book called Beyond Ordinary. And at the time of this podcast recording, it has like 540 reviews. And I think about 90% of them are four and five star reviews Mm -hmm. or four. Is there a five star? Yeah, there's five star. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So four and five star reviews, 90%. There is about a 3% (laughs) that are one star reviews. And so we just thought we'd make you guys feel better about yourself by reading a few of the one star reviews. And I'll have Trish read the first one. And then I'll, uh, I'll read the next one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm springing this on her. <laughs> I don't know if I can get through this without laughing. There are literally hundreds of books you should, <laughs> you should be reading as a couple before getting this one. The pride that will leap off the pages of this book will make you question the salvation of its authors and make you pity the children that are largely neglected throughout. Perhaps the most saddening aspect is the dozens of well-meaning Christians who have been hoodwinked by this (laughs) slick-talking salesman and have put their own reputations and ministries at stake to support him and continue to offer him a seat at the table even though he has disqualified himself. In the end, you have a wife who continues to admit to hating God (laughs) and being angry with him for the sins of her broken husband while enabling his behavior and a husband who ignores his own pride even as he reveals revels in it. Yeah. So there you go. So that, that's, so that's lighthearted. Uh, Thank so, you. Um, that is, that is a one star. Definitely that, a definite one, star. one star. I think if he could give us a zero, he may. Okay. Have. Here's, here's the last one uh, for your listening pleasure. Clearly this book was written to promote the couple's church and speaking engagements, but this book should be titled the life of an arrogant a-hole. <laughs> I honestly feel sorry for Trisha. Her <laughs> husband is as arrogant, self-important, is an arrogant, self-important, important adulterer with a God complex. I know this book is about helping or saving marriages, but I truly feel like this just is a book. This is just a book about how great Justin is. In short, if you are looking for a book with actual marriage advice, this is not it. <laughs> In fact, I got so sick of the BS, I skipped to the last several chapters. What does that even mean? The last several. It never got any better. <laughs> I know there's a lot to be learned from our struggles in marriage, 
But the only thing I learned from this book is what a jerk Justin is. <laughs> but here's what's interesting. You have two one-star reviews and one thought you were too bad of a person. The other person thought you were too haughty of a person. And it's just this reality that you're never going to please people. And we're not making light of the disaster and the choices that were made through our story. No. But that was 17 years ago. And we've worked really, 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 really hard to be the people that we are today. And so it's just this reminder that people pleasing doesn't go away until you choose for it to go away. Yes. And so if you struggle with pleasing others, living for the expectations of others, can I just encourage you today as we close um, to live from the approval of God, not for the approval of others. In fact, it is God's approval that frees you from living for the approval of other people. So you don't have to be in bondage anymore because you are accepted, you are loved, you do belong, and in Christ you are secure. You don't have to live in the insecurity of what other people think because you have security through Christ. Well, thanks guys for always going on the journey of tough topics with us. Thank you for joining us for episode 17. Any information that we talked about will be in the show notes. We will see you again soon.